Today on Elevate Ordinary, we are revisiting the virtue of humility and the vices to which it is opposed, but particularly we're looking at a powerful prayer that can help us grow and practice this crucial foundational virtue. We'll see you in a moment. Well, welcome back to Elevate Ordinary. I'm your host, John Mark Grodi. And I'm Teresa Grodi, his lovely wife, Yes, for those of you listening to yeah, the audio for, only. Yeah, you got to put that in there, yeah. <laughs> and we're back with another discussion on the ordinary life, the, the ordinary pursuit of truth, beauty, and goodness, as we like to say. Uh, and those little aspects of everyday life that God is sending to us, whether we recognize them or not, uh, to grow in holiness, to grow in virtue, to experience his love. Uh, we're talking today about humility, but specifically about the litany of humility, which is one of our favorite prayers because just we're so humble, you know, and we're not afraid to talk about it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but it is a powerful prayer as we'll talk about here in a moment. But before, before I get to that, I want to remind you that if you like what we're doing here on Awaken Catholic and to Elevate Ordinary, please go to awakencatholic.org slash donate and become part of the Awaken Nation. You know, become a partner with us in bringing truth through beauty here through this uh, beautiful uh, Catholic media that uh, the, the organization is putting together. You can also download the, uh, the app at theawakenapp.io, which is a great way to follow the content as well as to get more additional content, uh, particularly if you're a donor. There's a lot of neat stuff in there for you. So check that out. Also download the Hallow uh, app. You can go to hallow.app slash awaken. And if you use our link, it supports the ministry and also gives you a free 30 day premium subscription. So check that out. So Teresa, we're back uh, talking about virtue. You know, you always deign to let me talk about my, my favorite thing the virtues. I always find a way to sneak them into every conversation, but it's true. If you've ever started yeah. a conversation with a nun, by saying, Sister Mary Prudence, oh, yeah. my husband loves the virtue you're named after. <laughs> you might be married to John Mark. Thank you for I. taking one for the team on that one. You, <laughs> you sparked up a great conversation. I really appreciated it. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking about, um, again, as we said, the, the litany of humility is a wonderful uh, classic uh, Catholic prayer. We probably have all heard it before, seen it in a prayer book uh, uh, here or there. But it, it's a really neat, um, it's a really neat prayer. Um, both because it's about an important virtue, but also because the, the form of the prayer, as we'll see, the practice of it, the way it's structured, is this great exercise in the virtues. And oh, we'll talk about that in a moment, but you look it's like you have something a, to say. It's an incredible um, teaching yeah. prayer. Yeah. It's a prayer um, that I often use as an examination of conscience, mm. um, but that the more that you pray it, yeah. the more that you learn what these virtues look like or... Um, Anyway, so we should we should just get into it. Yeah, so well, no, know I, what we're talking about. I think. I, yeah, sorry, I want to just say here I have my Pieta prayer book. It's really worn, not because I'm I'm very very <laughs> pious and reading it all the time. But and even I if you were, you wouldn't tell us in my the humility award. I know yeah. the humility award yeah. <laughs> we're giving out during this episode. <laughs> um, but because call I keep in, it in to my nominate purse. yourself, like you know, there's the numbers on the bottom of the screen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I keep it in my purse so it yeah. gets all beat up with the diapers and the kids and yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, this is where I first learned the litany of humility. My grandma gave me a Pieta prayer book and she 
would sit on dialysis. She was on dialysis for probably like four plus years, which mm-hmm. is a long time to be on dialysis. People yeah. usually don't. Uh, <laughs> we won't get into that. Yeah. Um, but she would read through this prayer book back to front mm-hmm. um, a couple times during each one of her dialysis sessions um, a couple times a week. So even before... Mm-hmm. I had had my conversion, my adult conversion. I had one of these Pieta prayer books and I would read through it Mm. because it was really important to my grandma and it was a prayer book, you know? Um, And so I think that a lot of, like after I did have my conversion, a lot of the teaching was already there. Yeah. um, And particularly from this litany of humility. Yeah. And we've uh, talked in in the past, there's a previous episode, you can go check it out. We went to a a pretty deep dive on pride and sloth, which are these connected vices. Um, And we talked about how humility is is the opposition to both those vices. In fact, I want to just revisit a a quote real quick from Peter Kreeft uh, on this, because I think it's really insightful here. He writes, the opponent of pride is not despair, but humility or poverty of spirit. Pride and despair are twin brothers. They do not exclude each other, but encourage each other. There is a secret pride in despair, a tragic grandeur, an overweening claim unfulfilled. And there is a secret despair at being human in pride's demand to play God. Humility is the opponent of both. It keeps us from despair as well as from pride. The greatest virtue keeps us from the greatest vice. And we talked a lot about how both pride and, and sloth or acedia as it's called are both kind of flights from reality, turning away, turning inward to get away from reality that we, that we don't like, you know, that's mm-hmm. difficult. And humility is again, the opposite of both. It, it's turning back toward reality. It's looking at the reality of who God is and who I am. Mm-hmm. And what's again, what's amazing about it because it's the, you know, being the opponent of both pride and sloth or acedia or despair, whatever you want to call that, that precise vice there. Humility is the opposite of both. Pride is a, is a, is a false egotistical self-love and in humility, in, in humbling ourselves before God, we're able to find, you know, an authentic self-love to love ourselves as God loves us Mm -hmm. and both and and despair, the opposite of despair uh, being humility. We're able to find in humility, a, a, a holy ambition to be who God called us to be, not because we're egotistical, but because no, God has called me and in obedience to him, I want to be who he's called me to be. So humility is this, is this foundational virtue for our lives. Um, but one of the keys here is that it's a turning to reality. Um, and we're going to go through the litany of humility and, and talk about kind of the three sections in it. But I think with that backdrop in mind of the humility as a turning to reality and I'm wanting to be whom God calls us to be and and to be the way he calls us to be, to be fully human and integrated as we often talk about. Mm -hmm. That's what this virtue is all about. So should we go through it? Yeah. Okay. So what I'm going to do here, um, well, um, how should we do this? I will do the main part. You do the responses. We'll do the first section and then we'll talk about it here. Yeah. So this litany is uh, divided up into three different sections. Um, The first focuses on deliverance from a certain desire. The second focuses on um, deliverance from a certain type of fear. Um, And then the third part uh, focuses on wanting what's best for other people rather than myself. Asking for the grace for the desire. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we'll take it a section at a time. Three. Yeah. Yeah. So so pray along with us, but we'll pause to, to discuss it a bit. So in the name of the father and the son of the Holy spirit. Amen. 
O Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. From the desire of being esteemed, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being loved, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being extolled, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being honored, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being praised, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being preferred to others, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being consulted, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being approved, deliver me, Jesus. Okay. Now, if you've, if you've heard and prayed and loved this prayer before, you know, you're in familiar territory, but some people in the audience may say, well, gosh, that is quite harsh. <laughs> the first mm-hmm. section of this prayer. Yeah. So we're asking Jesus to desire, to deliver us from the desire of being esteemed, mm-hmm. loved, extolled, honored, praised, preferred, consulted, and approved. The two hardest ones for me uh, when I'm praying through this are like the desire of being preferred. Mm-hmm. Um, I really desire to be preferred. Yeah. And then the desire of being consulted, like kind of yeah. think about that one because that's like you want other people to value your wisdom above everyone else's wisdom mm-hmm. and to come to you first about something. Yeah. That's, that's a hard, that's one that I, 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 really pray from yeah. my heart when I pray this because it's it's so deeply ingrained in me. Well, and again, the key here, this is why, again, we, we started with looking at those vices because um, what we notice about all these desires, are any of these desires necessarily, or any, I'm sorry, for any of these things, are the, any of these things necessarily bad things? No, they're all good things. You know, love, to be extolled for good things, I suppose, to be honored, to be praised. Those are not bad things. So the issue here, what, what, what we're being what we're praying to be delivered from is the the vices the rooted vices underneath where it's not my it's not the fact that i receive love that's a bad thing it's the fact that in my relationships i am the the center of gravity my desires and my my relationship with others all those things act in really happen in relation to me i evaluate a situation by how it affects me i evaluate a desire by how it affects me i evaluate a person an event by how it affects me we want to grow in people who receive god's gifts and give him praise and glory when he gives us good gifts or when things good things happen to us we want to be thankful and grateful but we recognize that the issue is that we all have a deep rooted attachment to self Mm-hmm. rather than to God and to others. And so what we're being what we're being asking to be delivered from here is from this deep we, we need surgery. Surgery needs to be done here because I at my core am still deeply attached to myself mm-hmm. first and that conditions everything else I do or think. Yeah. Yeah. And it helps to give it a name too. Mm-hmm. You know, cuz I think sometimes we evaluate situations in impressions. Yeah. Like Oh, am I feeling nasty towards this person, mm. you know, or am I feeling, but if I were to be like, yeah, am I desiring that this person went to me first and not to that other friend? Like, does that right. kind of like make me mad when I'm like, why didn't she text me first yeah. when she knows that this is something I've struggled with? Why didn't she come and ask me for advice? You know, yeah. it's like, it gives it a name. Oh, I want to be consulted. I yeah. want to be approved. I want people yeah. to think that my wisdom is the best. Um, and in that way, in a very practical way, it helps me in future situations, like the yeah. more I learn this list and commit it to memory in future situations being like, okay, where's my desire? Yeah, You know, yeah. is my desire for this person to really, really get advice that's going to help them from the mm-hmm. right person through the Holy Spirit? Or is my desire 
to be the one that everybody comes to. Yeah. It's all about, again, it's all about turning outward. It's interesting to think about this prayer and then think about that, you know, is it the prayer of St. Francis or the, you know, master grant that I may not so much seek to console as to, no, to be consoled as to console to love, uh, to be loved as to love. That's kind of what was going on here. In fact, we could, we could replace many of the things mentioned in that prayer in here, like not so much to be extolled, but to extol. Like I want to turn outward and focus on, on the good of the other person, that relationship. You know, you can't, to the degree that I remain attached to myself, I am to that degree always cut off from a perfect relationship with God and other people because I'm always getting in my way. You know, you know, I remember um, I was talking to this friend who was planning to go to the seminary um, and I remember saying to him, like, you're probably going to be made pope someday, you know, and he was like, you know, he he took the comment and was like, no, don't say that. But then he was like, you know, it's probably just as good for you to have said the comment as it is for me to have like not like truly Hmm. not wanted to receive it. Hmm. And like that, that particular distinction has has stuck with me for over a decade is that it is good for me to praise another person. Mm -hmm. If I really see God working in them, Mm -hmm. just as much as it is good for them to ask themselves, how am I receiving this? You know, or, you know, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. So loved, extolled, honored, praise. These are all, these are all good things. But if, if our desire, that the desires that we have, this is really, this section is really focusing on temperance in a sense. You know, we have these desires, they're desires for good things, but um, they need to be tempered. And also, especially if these desires are rooted in an attachment to self, an underlying pride, if we have an intemperance in these desires that comes out of a deep, deep down attachment to self, that's, that's that throughout the course of our life, that's that sin that we're asking God to, to slowly, you know, release us from Mm -hmm. take away my attachment to myself so that I can simply desire the good of others and receive with joy and with gratitude and humility, whatever you send me, Lord. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's that first section. Let's go on to the next one. The response in this next section is also deliver me, Jesus from the fear of being humiliated. Deliver me, Jesus from the fear of being despised. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of suffering rebukes. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being calumniated. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being forgotten. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being ridiculed. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being wronged. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being suspected. Deliver me, Jesus. Yeah. Um, So the last section was really focusing on temperance. This section, very obviously, is focusing on the virtue of courage. Mm-hmm. You know, and once again, all these things that are listed are actual evils. You know, Christianity is never about denying reality. It's never about pretending, oh, everything's fine. Like, no, there's no, there's nothing bad ever happens to me. Life is, is, no, no, we're not about denial of reality. And in reality, like there are, there's crap in the world. Mm-hmm. Stuff happens. And all these things listed are, are things that, that hurt us. They are evils mm-hmm. when they happen. So what's the issue here? The, the, but the, the real issue is the fear, what, what happens, what the virtues and vices in us that condition how those evils um, impact us. You know, we talked, we had an episode about the virtue of patience and patience really is this virtue of whatever evils I'm experiencing, whatever frustration, whatever difficulties that I do not allow that 
to enter in and steal my peace. You know, the Lord, like I know God, I trust God. I've, re- I've received, you know, a peace from him and, and I don't ever have to give that up. Whenever that leaves me, it's because I've given it up. I've given it into anger or to fear or to whatever that is. And so this section is all about, you know, deliver me from these fears, not necessarily deliver me from these things, deliver me from the fear of these things, mm-hmm. allow me to endure them, to, uh, to, to, uh, to persevere in the midst of them and to hopefully you know, to offer them up, to unite them with Christ. Mm-hmm. This is for me now, this is a particular, and probably for a lot of us, a particularly timely section to ask for, for to name these things and to ask for Jesus, Jesus's deliverance from the fear. Um, because, you know, I feel a lot like I'm in a situation where I can't even ask honest, curious questions mm-hmm. about the world without possibly being, you know, attacked from one side or another or canceled or someone's going to come after me or I'm going to lose friends or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm a historian, I'm a research historian. All I want to do is ask questions and get to the bottom of things and the truth. Um, and I've found myself lately just being afraid mm. of letting anyone know questions I have about common things that are occurring in, in the, the world, world yeah. you know? Um, and I have been lacking in courage, mm. just really lacking in courage. And I, I had just resolved this morning that I'm going to work a lot harder, which, mm. you know, obviously means that I'm going to have to ask Jesus for a lot more grace. Mm. Um, but to just work at not being afraid of the attacks that may come to me from simply just asking questions, yeah. you know? You know, and we had another episode recently on the fear of God, and I can't remember the quote we read there, but it might have been Chesterton, but pointing out that a holy fear of God casts out all other fear. If I fear God, if, which means that I, I regard him as he is, I, I, I'm under no illusion about who God is and who I am, and I have that holy fear, that which is right to that relationship, then to the degree that I have that, all other fear dissipates. And uh, what's interesting about this section in here is that on the one hand, all these, these things, these fears are for things that we would, we would commonly associate with uh, being opposed to humility. So, you know, humiliated, despised rebukes. We're thinking of those in in terms of pride and vanity, things that, that prick us, things that, you know, offend us, things that humiliate us. But, you know, we really could extend this list to all, all the fears that we have in our life, because again, in a certain respect, all fear is connected to an underlying pride or despair, mm-hmm. that underlying pride or sloth. We don't really turn and grapple with the reality that God is God and he has made me and I'm his. Because to the degree that we grapple with that, what have we to fear? Mm-hmm. My fear all my fear or my anxiety always has a me in it. Mm-hmm. You know, when I when I'm afraid, when I'm worried about something, when my when my kids are stressing me out or the job or something or whatever, there's a part of me under that all that's thinking about mm-hmm how this impacts me, mm-hmm. my image, my desire, my plan, my, when we look, whenever we're looking past that to God or to another person, mm-hmm. and again, whenever we're in the gate, we have the gaze of charity. When we're really looking at the other person, those fears kind of melt away. Mm-hmm. You know, when our concern is for the other person, those fears are greatest and they, they hold us most enthralled when we're, you know, whether we consciously realize it or not, we're, we're holding on to ourselves. Yeah. My spiritual director was just telling me the other day that like, um, he wanted me to ask the question more, not how is someone seeing me, Mm. 
but who am I hurting by this action? Mm-hmm. So to, t- to take what you're saying, like to take the situation instead of being like, how am I being perceived? Yeah. You know, when I respond to this to like, what relationship am I damaging at this moment? Mm-hmm. Like turning inward or turning, looking yeah. at myself. Yeah. All right. All right. Again, there's just a lot of challenging stuff there. Let's move on to the last section. So again, the first section was asking the Lord to deliver us from desires that are rooted in an egotism, you know, a pride, an underlying pride. And the second section was about deliver us from these fears that, again, that they're also rooted in our pride. They're not, they're not rooted in humility and love of God. Well, then this third section is really fascinating because then asking to be delivered from those things, what we want then is Lord replace them with something. Mm -hmm. Temperance is not about tempering our desires and leaving it there. It's not a merely negative virtue. It's about, no, no, I temper these, I purify my heart so it can be filled with something. Mm -hmm. So let's go on to the next section. And the response here for those who are following along, watching or listening is Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be loved more than I. Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be esteemed more than I. Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be chosen and I set aside. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be praised and I unnoticed. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be preferred to me in everything. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may become holier than I provided that I may become as holy as I should. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. Amen. That, that, that yeah. others may become holier than I. Provided. That I may become as holy as I should. That one's a real paradigm shifter, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, because you want to be a saint and we're all called to be saints. Mm-hmm. But just imagining maybe even like the person that you've discipled, Mm-hmm. you know, your child or whatever. I mean, we see this in history, yeah. this certain situation where the child begins to rise and the parent becomes vengeful and, and jealous, mm. you know, and that's, that's a scary thought, mm-hmm. you know, and it makes you <laughs> want to be delivered from. Well, it, it points out why we need these delicate instruments of this, these kinds of the, the note, the virtues and vices as concepts and prayers like this, because again, you realize at points in your spiritual life when you thought you were a pretty good person and you're doing pretty well, something happens to make you realize, oh, wait, I love being Catholic because it makes me, in my mind, look cool or someone to be looked up to. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wanted to be holy and be a saint for me. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's why when other people are doing well, doing good, uh, people that should be admired that feels like a threat to me. Mm-hmm. We realize, oh, 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 dear Lord. And that is meant as a prayer here. Uh, I am still, after all this, I still, in a sense, worship myself. I'm still the center of my own universe. Mm-hmm. And that's why we, you know, we need, we need prayers like this. We're asking, Lord, get down there deep, please. And, you know, save me from me, mm-hmm. you know? And so all, again, all the, the things in that last litany there, you know, we, 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 this is desire to turn outward and not just to not desire the bad things, but give me the desire, these, tr- these charitable desires to really desire the good of the other, mm-hmm. even at my own expense, mm-hmm. you know, to, to desire their good first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
that I that they may increase and I may decrease. Yeah. You know, that prayer, is that John the Baptist? Yeah, that's John the Baptist yeah. prayer. Yeah. But I do love that end part, you know, as you pointed out here, that, that last line that others may become holier than I, provided that I may become as holy as I should. Again, it's so funny here, the layers here. Mm-hmm. So you may, you know, like, oh, I want others to become holier than I. Yes, I want that. Okay, well now I want to be as low as possible. No, the whole point here is it's not about what I want. I think it was Lewis who famously said, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking about yourself less. The point is my ego stops being the reference point for all the good and evil of the world. Mm -hmm. I'm not the reference point. I turn outward and say, no, Lord, you are the reference point. You are the measure of what is good of what is good. It is your will that I want done. And I know you want that person to be holy. And so I pray for that. And I want to be precisely what you have created and called me to be. Mm-hmm. You know, another uh, quote by Peter Kreeft that connects here, again, points this out. High and holy ambition to be a saint is not opposed to holy humility, total reliance on God's grace. Exactly the opposite. Ambition without humility is ambition that fails. It is pride which goes before a fall. Humility without ambition is false humility. In fact, it too is pride for it rebels against God's command to strive for the upward call of God. Humility is the antidote to both pride and sloth because it says, no, Lord, thy will be done. For some reason, I've read Pride and Prejudice like nine or ten times. Um, And for some reason, as we're going through this litany of humility, Mm -hmm. I keep thinking of Bingley. Uh Okay, like redheaded Bingley who marries Sweet Jane, like the absolute good they're good both people are good but there's this point where darcy points out Mm -hmm. that bingley practiced false modesty Mm -hmm. by saying by making light of himself Mm -hmm. as someone who oh you know i just i write and i leave out words because i just i can't you know go fast enough you Mm -hmm. know and i'm just always in a hurry to be to move off and like to go to the next thing that's interesting to me and um and darcy points out that like you're kind of smug in it you know, you like mm. that you're a person that moves quickly because you think your thoughts are so rapid that they just can't be contained by, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I, I'm thinking of this while we're doing the litany of yeah. humility. It's hard to do an episode on humility because <laughs> I'm I'm thinking through all my words as I'm saying these things. I'm like, am I being really prideful? Like, yeah. am I practicing false humility as we're going through these things? Yeah, well, we all always are, which is why no one ever actually wins the humility of word. You know, that, <laughs> that, that's, and that's also a little bit why this, this prayer, it may seem, and the, perhaps I think there's some reason to it, why this may seem like, you know, the, 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 you're, you're bending a little far in the other direction to kind of bring it back to the middle, you know, of, of this place of humility, because it does seem like a rather extreme prayer. But I, I think we, we begin to realize as we dig into it, we dig into the concepts of humility and pride, we recognize that there is just, there's an onion here. There are layers, yeah. you know, and you, and you think that you've made progress and then you find some new way in which, no, I'm still the center of my universe. I still evaluate everything by um, a deeper desire for myself. And so again, we, we that's why we keep praying. We keep uh, availing ourselves of God's mercy and the sacraments, you know. Yeah. This are, so. uh, it reminds me of a couple episodes back when Leah Darrow was on and we were talking about the office and she said that she noticed that like the character that really just gets you the most that mm-hmm. you kind of hate the most mm-hmm. is the one that like is revealing to you yourself. <laughs> yeah. And I was thinking about this with the litany of humility, yeah. like the first time you read this, you find the flaws in the author. 
you know, you're like, this one shouldn't be in there. This is just, <laughs> this one's ridiculous. He doesn't understand. Yeah, this is wrong. How? This is heresy. It's so hard for you know? me. No, no, no. Or just like, he's wrong. He's wrong because this yeah. is good. This is, that's exactly the one that God is calling you to examine and to pray about in your own life. Yeah. I mean, I would really encourage you um, to perhaps attempt, you know, a couple times to use this as an examination of conscience um, and bring what you, you know, what you recognize when you're reading through this to confession. I always mm-hmm. think even if something isn't like a sin sin, mm-hmm. um, I like to bring things that really bother and fester with mm-hmm. me to the light of the confessional yeah. because um, because it is real. It is yeah. real where we're going and what the grace that is availed to us and the fact that the devil cannot stand in the face of confession. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, another point connected to that is that this is one of the reasons why we've talked so much about the virtues and we continue to, to use that as a framework to fit in a lot of these discussions because what they do is they broaden our sense of what we might bring to the confessional. We tend to go to the confessional and only think of kind of the end run, you know, perfectly packaged, you know, fits in the Ten Commandments sins. But we don't think of, no, what about all those desires I recognize in myself that, that are rooted in a love of myself? Like to simply, oh, I was, you know, like, how do you say, how do you confess pride? I, I, I was prideful. All the time. All the, like, <laughs> that's that's no, frequently my you, confession. You, this gives you such a great, you know, to, to recognize, oh, all these desires, these untempered and, and, and selfish, prideful desires. I bring those to the light. Say, Lord, deliver me from these. I have all these fears of, of real evils, but the fear itself, that is a, that is a character flaw. That's a weakness that Lord, I, I need your grace to be courageous, mm-hmm. to be able to conquer this fear. Um, and, and so it, it does expand very widely what we can bring to God's mercy and, and avail ourselves of his yeah. mercy. Yeah. I love confession. Yeah. I love confession too. Yeah. yeah we've got a, Lucy's going to confession. Do we got a, oh, yeah. some kids Our getting ready for sacraments soon? Confession soon. It's exciting time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we thank you for joining us again for this conversation. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, consider becoming a partner with us in Awaken Catholic by joining the Awaken Nation. Go to awakencatholic.org slash donate to be a supporter of this mission of bringing truth through beauty, through through beautiful media. Uh, and also download the app at theawakenapp.io. That's the best way to follow the content as well as the other neat stuff that the organization is putting out. And if you are a supporter, there's some exclusive stuff there as well. Um, we also would invite you to download the Halo app. And I will say that the Litany of Humility is in the Hallow app, and it's a great way to pray that prayer. You know, the, the, the reader will read it through and allow you to do the responses and then give you some time to just kind of sit and maybe examine your conscience with it. It's a great, great prayer, a great reflection. And if you download the Hallow app through our link at hallow.app slash awaken, you'll get a 30-day free premium subscription to the app. And that also supports our ministry if you go through our link. So we really appreciate that as well. So once again, thank you for joining us for this conversation about the ordinary pursuit of truth, goodness, and beauty. We hope you'll join us again next week. God bless. This show and all media on Awaken Catholic is made possible by the Awaken Nation and the Hollow app. The Awaken Nation is a community of people like you who support all things Awaken for as cheap as a cup of coffee a week and get access to exclusive content. Learn more by visiting awakencatholic.org donate. Hollow is the only audio-guided Catholic prayer app focused on contemplative prayer and traditional Catholic meditation such as Lexio Divina, Daily Examine, and the Rosary. 
We here at Awaken all use Hello every day and love it. To learn more or give it a try, visit hello.app slash awaken.